Hey sickos, I'm LJ. And I'm Tao. And this is Say Psycho Right Now. Say Psycho Right Now is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Some content may be considered disturbing or graphic. This podcast also contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. To access our socials or become a Patreon member with access to early episodes and bonus content, find us on any social media platform and consult the link tree in our bio or go to www.patreon.com slash psycho right now. You can also follow us on our socials or wherever you stream your podcasts and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying our content so we can continue to reach more people. This is a great free way to support your favorite content creators. Case suggestions or stories to share can also be sent to saypsychorightnow at gmail.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Yay! sickos welcome back to the shit show welcome back welcome back i'm sure that you guys are tired of hearing my big mouth so this week we bring to you a story prepared by tell by me yay okay so today's story is oh guys it's a gnarly one it's it's foul um but, you know, that's what we do here. This is Spook City. This is... She do be loving fall shit. I do. You guys know I love a, I love a particularly gruesome case. I, I don't love it. It's just like... She just gets hyper fixated because she's like, I need to know everything about yeah, this. Why, I need why to know everything happen? about him. And also, I just feel like, not to toot my own content creator horn, right? There's a lot of really great true crime creators out there but i feel like a lot of people when they cover these gruesome cases they're like too worried about trying to be polite and like you know they they leave certain things out right and it's like call a fucking spade a spade 
Right. No. And I get that like some people specifically seek out creators that maybe don't go into as much detail. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Like Mm -hmm. those creators definitely have their, their space in the place, but that's not us. Oh, fact. Exactly. And that's just what I'm getting at is like, you know, there, that's a valid thing to seek out if that's what you want, but also like not it, (laughs) you know, we're just kind of part that way. Um, so there's your half-assed trigger warning. This case is gross. Um, (laughs) so today we're covering the story of Lacey Fletcher. Now, this story is going to have three key players. We have Lacey Fletcher, who is our victim in this case. And then we have her parents, Sheila and Clay Fletcher. So Sheila Fletcher worked as an assistant to the city prosecutor in Zachary, Louisiana, She was well-known and liked in her community and was heavily involved in community events. Clay worked for a nonprofit organization called Baton Rouge Civil War Roundtable. They were overall a seemingly typical and stable family, and people in the community considered them a respectable couple and pillars of their community. Now, with this case, there's a lot of mixed information as well as some speculation involved. So I'm going to do my best to present facts as accurately as possible here. Sure. Now, Lacey was autistic and she didn't receive this diagnosis until the age of 16. And I think that's important, right? Because that that speaks to potentially the level of the level the level of disability that we're talking about here right right autism autism is a spectrum right and when when you hear how how Lacey died I think naturally one of the first questions that people that's going to come pop into people's mind is what was her cognitive ability right so, right, and I know I, that, like, from a, a like social standpoint, right? Yeah, we've kind of like thrown out the terms high functioning and low functioning, sure, because you know, like, I I personally have qualities of somebody on the spectrum. My therapist has said, like, you know, you definitely have ADHD. There might be some, you know, autism components going on in there too, but the testing is very expensive and it's often missed in young girls right sure and it sounds like her level of functioning was somewhere along those lines where it's like it's certainly disruptive you know like i'm sure that it's going to cause her her own struggles but we're not talking about somebody with obvious like massive developmental delays who you know needs assistance doing basic tasks like using the restroom or has major, major mobility concerns that would have been dressed earlier, not nonverbal, things like that, right? Correct. Yes. And, and thank you. That's exactly what we're getting at here. Because I think, I think when we hear she was autistic and then we hear the way she, she died, you know, it, it might create a misinterpretation. So, The last description we have of who Lacey was as a person comes from her high school peers. And they say that she, she struggled quite a bit with social anxiety and had a difficult time interacting with her peers and making connections. Girl, same. Um, they, They described her as being very intelligent, but a bit immature. And 
not really into the same things as kids her age. For example, they said she had a particular interest in all things Disney and just like generally her interests seem to be a little juvenile. Why is this mean now? (laughs) Do you want to see my my mouse ear collection? No? And I feel like when you're an adult, right? Like you just don't give a fuck anymore. But I can see where a 16-year-old might be bullied for like being super hyper fixated on like the little mermaid or something oh ten thousand percent that's why lexi uh like my best friend since the dawn of time has been my best friend since the dawn of time and i don't think it's coincidental that lexi is known to have done a lot of hands-on work with the autistic community and stuff like that she's just like always been a ride or die but like for real these things like as an adult Mm-hmm. I feel like you care less, you know, yeah. it might still be a little like awkward, but as a teen, oh my gosh, it's like, it's social it's suicide to talk about your, <laughs> your yeah. mouse ear collection. You yeah. Know? Because you're, you're like judged for every single thing. And like, as an adult, and I think too, you know, there's something to be said for our generation of adults that has resources like the internet okay where we can do things like what we did and meet a stranger on the internet that flies to your house one time and creates a five-year friendship oh 100 percent. like you're also hyper fixated <laughs> on taylor swift true crime and you know theme parks great let's live yeah. each other's buttholes at an inappropriate social level exactly up. yeah and i think like you know because of because of you know getting older and more mature and giving less fucks and also you know nowadays having access to things like the internet that we create these little niche groups right we we have more access to people that like kind of match our weird so to speak right but yeah so she was described as as struggling a lot with social anxiety and peer-to-peer interaction Although she was, she was said to be incredibly intelligent. Now, again, she experienced a lot of bullying and this along with the social anxiety she was experiencing and her newfound autism diagnosis ultimately resulted in her parents removing her from school and homeschooling her instead. Now, I'm sure we're all thinking, you know, oh, wow, what great dedicated and loving parents doing what's best for their daughter, right? Yeah, I'm sure that's what everybody was thinking, but mm, I, I don't know, you guys. This 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 case is wild. So, at the time of her death, Lacey was 36 years old and lived at home with her parents. Now, over a decade prior to her death, Lacey sort of disappeared, and not in the typical sense like we see so often in the true crime world. She didn't actually go missing, but people just sort of stopped seeing her like out and about right um lacy was in her early 20s at this time and neighbors naturally assumed that she had simply moved out of her parents home they figured maybe she had gotten married you know gone on and just started a life of her own now Sheila and Clay went on living their lives as normal, being involved in the community just like before. The only difference was that they never allowed anyone else into their home. 
And soon everyone would find out exactly why that was. On January 3rd, 2022, Sheila Fletcher called 911 to report that her daughter was not breathing. Dispatch sent police and EMS to the home and what they found upon arrival was beyond horrific. Guys, this is the part where it gets gross. So if you are like, you know, not good with gross stuff, maybe skip like a minute or two. The coroner that responded to to the scene described a stench so bad that you couldn't even hold your breath. He also said that he was unable to eat and cried for a week straight after leaving the scene. God, and if I just say that if this is the coroner who, like, this is their literal job, like, and from my understanding, this was a pretty experienced coroner as well, if I remember correctly. So, like, somebody that had been doing this job for for a decent amount of of years. Inside the home, Lacey was found sitting cross-legged on the couch, emaciated, covered in feces, urine, and maggots um she had been sitting in the same spot for so long that her body had worn all the way through the thick foam padding of the couch cushion and she had essentially fused with the couch the floor around the couch had begun to deteriorate doing due to being exposed to bodily fluids and according to her autopsy her official cause of death was listed as acute medical neglect at the time of her death, Lacey was covered in ulcers and had developed a bone infection resulting in sepsis. She also tested positive for COVID-19. It was just and her stomach heartbreaking on so many levels. It is. And her stomach contained foam matching that which the couch was constructed from, leading authorities to conclude that she had likely eaten the foam from the couch um, out of desperation. Now... Authorities also believe that she had been deceased for at least 24 to 48 hours prior to the 911 call. And, like, do they think that, like, literal professionals won't figure that out? Like, we're, you know, like, oh, well, and that's the thing. Like, there's, there's so much in this case where it's like, I, I don't know if these people are just that delusional or what. Now, we don't know exactly when the last time was that Lacey left her parents' home or even the uh-huh. couch. But the coroner did estimate that she had been sitting there in that same spot for up to 12 years. Bless her heart. 12 years. Now... Aside from the obvious scene from a horror movie going on in the living room, what's interesting is that the rest of the home was described as being kept quite neat and tidy. The area surrounding the couch where Lacey was found contained various personal care items, such as a like a portable commode, if you guys are familiar with yes, those. Yes, Talcum powder, nasal spray, and wipes, and even a box of DVDs, presumably, you know, for Lacey to watch. Sure. Now the question is why and how in the hell did she come to sit there for 12 years? This was a healthy young woman. She struggled right. obviously with some anxiety and some very mild developmental delays. Mm-hmm. But she had gone to traditional school. She was verbal, mobile. How did she become stuck to the couch? Right. Now there's some suspicion that Lacey was suffering from a condition called locked in syndrome. Locked-in syndrome is a rare neurological disorder that causes total paralysis of all voluntary muscles 
except those that control movement in the eyes. People with this condition are awake and fully aware of what's going on around them, and they retain their ability to think and reason, but they simply cannot move or speak. So she was like, theoretically, if, if this theory were correct, she would have been like catatonic, essentially. Correct. Now, they also cannot chew or swallow. Okay. Um, some patients do retain the ability to blink and can communicate to some degree this way, but not at all. Mm -hmm. Now, where many sources begin to question this theory is that, remember, Lacey had bits of foam from the couch in her stomach, suggesting that she was able to physically pick the foam out of the couch, put it in her mouth, and chew it and swallow it. Sure. Now, obviously, we are not medical professionals here on the pod, However, I did do a little bit of research on this disorder, and one source mentioned that there exists an incomplete form of locked-in syndrome where one could potentially retain some level of sensation and motor function, okay. but it's un unclear to me whether that could consist of the ability to actually feed oneself. Regardless, what we do know here is on January 18th, 2022, 15 days after the horrific discovery of Lacey's body, her parents, Sheila and Clay, were interviewed by police. And the reasoning they gave for their daughter's horrific state is as follows. They begin by claiming that a year prior to all this, Lacey reaches a point where she refused to leave the living room. Now, we do know that Lacey suffered from some pretty severe social anxiety. So while extreme, I don't think that's completely implausible. Right. Um, now, initially, her parents say that they tried to accommodate this to the best of their ability by bringing her meals and supplying her a place to use the restroom, the portable commode that we talked about. However, eventually, Lacey became afraid to leave the couch and began relieving herself onto towels. They say that they considered having Lacey committed to a mental health facility, but Lacey wasn't happy with this. Ma'am, that's the point of having somebody committed. Right. They, they don't want to go, but they have to go. And that's why you have them committed. Now, they claim that Lacey had been treated by a physician in 2010, but hadn't been seen since because she had not been sick. Ma'am. Like, it, she's glued to the couch physically. And malnourished and yeah. has sepsis and the COVID. goes on and on and on. Right. Thanks. Thanks for... Thanks for backing me up on Anytime. that. Anytime. Glad to be the we can all of bare minimum reason. God. So now it's unclear whether this took this doctor's visit took place during the period of her confinement to the living room or just before that. Sheila also claims that she routinely cleaned the sores on Lacey's body. Bullshit. And Lacey never complained of them bothering her. Her parents claim that she was a perfectly sound mind right up until her passing and was perfectly capable of making her own decisions. Okay. Likely story, mm -hmm. officer. Not Likely mine. Story. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now, they also claim that she had begun to eat less several months prior. And Sheila claims that she last saw her daughter alive at 10 p.m. on January 2nd. And the 911 call was placed in the early morning hours of January 3rd. So now basically remember, she's a fucking liar. 
She is a liar, correct, because autopsy determined that she had been deceased for 24 to 48 hours prior to the 911. Which, again, do you not think, Sheila, that professional people who've been doing this for a very long time can see right through your bullshit, okay? No, apparently she doesn't because she's a stupid, dumb bitch that doesn't know her ass from a hole in the ground. Zero stars for Um, Sheila on my ship. Bad job doing your person job, Sheila. On May 2nd, 2022, a grand jury was convened. And after they saw hundreds of graphic images of the scene that was uncovered in the Fletcher's home back in January, Sheila and Clay were indicted on charges of second degree murder. They were arrested and released 36 hours later, each on a $300,000 bond. It would also appear that both Sheila and Clay resigned from their jobs not long after their arrest, although there's not a lot of specific detail available on that. Well, yeah. I mean, what other fucking choice would you have, pillars of the goddamn community? Now get this. Their lawyer made a statement to the media that the family was asking for privacy as they did not wish to relieve. Sorry, relive their pain of losing a child. Maybe they could have bare minimum not fucking killed her via neglect. I mean, that's an idea. That would have been a great job making great choices. He also stated that Lacey did not suffer from locked in syndrome, but rather was simply too lazy to get off the couch. One. Now, initially, the pair were set to stand trial on those charges in June of 2023. However, the indictment against them was thrown out due to a technicality. Thankfully, they were reindicted on June 19th, 2023, and once again arrested and released on bail. Today, Sheila and Clay are still out on bail awaiting trial, and I couldn't find any date for that trial as of the time of this recording, but, you know, um, we will we will keep following this case and updating on our socials and maybe later on down the line we'll do a part two absolutely Uh, but there's you know there's a lot we just don't know about this but and i I think think a lot of this will come out in the trial which will make a good part two later because i'm sure that everybody listening has as many unanswered questions as we do at this point absolutely but you know i wanted to i wanted to do this episode and start the conversation on this case and you know i think i think Lacey's story deserves to be told and i think she deserves justice absolutely and i hope these people fucking rot the way they let her rot because have the day you deserve have the rest of the life you deserve sheila and clay um Personally, I'm interested to see if, you know, anybody can actually come up with a logical reason why she was on the couch for 12 years. I mean, the answer, full stop, is going to be no, but I'm interested to see what they try to present and what the medical examiners have to say in more detail, because they'll only release so much to the public until this has gone to trial. Sure sure so that is unfortunately all we know about the case for right now but like i said we will keep you guys posted this was a little bit of a shorter one which i feel like i don't know maybe welcome after the hour and a half episode you guys i was got about to say week. you guys got a monstrosity <laughs> last week so so uh, at least this is 
a little more condensed for you guys and there will be more information to come. And what else do we have on the calendar so yeah we have a lot of stuff coming up we have i'm just grab the calendar here real quick we have do 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 i guess preceding this why am i why am i all the way in january okay that i don't know great so um following crime gita is coming out next for our patreons yes and our patreons are still getting a new episode of on wednesdays we wear yellow jackets Every week, if you're interested as a public listener in listening to episode one of that installment series to see if it's something that you're interested in becoming a subscriber for, we did Mm. publish episode one last week so that you have the opportunity to sample it before starting an actual Patreon subscription. And you also still have the option for the free trial. I was going to say, we do have a free trial. So you can sample all the things before you really can. And then next week we have, I'm going to be hosting two in a row since LJ did, um, you know, her three part series on the cult. So next week I will be bringing you guys the case of the Hart family Mm. murders, which is you guys are gonna see me get mad on that one you guys are gonna see me if you guys were here if you're ogs and you've been here since madeline mccann and you saw me get mad on that episode she gonna um, be mad again you're gonna see me get madeline mccann mad maybe even matter um so yeah that's gonna be a party after that is an off-topic tuesday for patrons oh yeah and that's gonna be the yeah. um, for that one we're doing a blind read of uh subreddits from am i the asshole is that what we're doing we did that just this last oh week. we, we just that dropped again? that oh my god yeah. no we're not we should I, that was fun do you know what <laughs> do you know what i put do you know what i put on the um calendar is our unserious run-ins with the law oh that's gonna be a good one that's gonna yeah. be a good one but you guys should uh check out the patreon for the reddit am i the asshole because that was fun i feel like we're gonna bring that back again yeah we have plans for to do more of those in the future because we really had a fun time with that but the next off topic tuesday after the heart family we'll be talking about our unserious runs with the law which is also going to be pretty comical i think it really um, is lj and i are like really law-abiding citizens we don't have criminal we just have like Like, awkward encounters just really awkward encounters of like being in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing that we had to explain to authorities before we ruined our lives things like minor (laughs) traffic infractions etc but yeah it's gonna be a good time it's funny yeah it's gonna be great so yeah oh and lj our uh shirt thing do you want to tell yes okay So until November 1st, we are taking orders through Bonfire for a shirt that we made. It's exclusive to Bonfire. It's not available on our regular store. But actually, the goal is that if we sell enough of these shirts, one, we want to upgrade our microphones, which we're really close to that goal. And two, we would like to bring back our full store. Right now, we just Mm. have the limited Bonfire but if we can get just a couple more Patreons and a couple of these shirts sold, then we'll be in business, hopefully, to bring back, like, the full store. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it's going to be a party. Like new designs. Yeah. New designs. We're probably going to, I don't know if we'll keep the tie dye merch or maybe come up with something entirely new. We We might like keep it, but then do like a separate collection too, is like the vibe I'm thinking. You know? LJ is kind of the store person. So. Yeah, that's kind of like Toe's the editing person and I'm like the merch person, you know? We have, we have separate strengths and that's why we thrive so hard. Amen, sister. Like, I don't even like, like, when we launched the store the first time, LJ was like, look, I made us a store. And I was like, oh, great. How much She's did like, that cost? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. Good times. But yeah. So, yeah. So that's all we have for you guys today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Not enjoyed it, but like, you know. Didn't hate it. Well, I mean, you might have hated it too, but we hope you come back for more. <laughs> hope you didn't hate us. <laughs> hate the story, not the teller. Am I right? Yeah, don't shoot the messenger, guys. All right, sickos. We will see you next week. Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs>